0: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply Bank of America NA, member FDSE
1: You're listening to Anita Marks
2: oh, Nick Friedle, Jimmy Butler has come out and has guaranteed, guaranteed that the Heat will not lose this series. What say you my friend?
1: Unless Jimmy, which he obviously can, goes and drops 45 tonight. It just feels like this thing is moving towards the game 7. So I
3: would expect Jimmy to play huge minutes tonight and the Heat trying to do any they can to close this down, but the Celtics, Anita, I think have finally woken up, and I am very curious to see how they respond tonight on the road.
4: We're always going to stay positive, knowing that we can and we will win this series, and we'll just have to close it out at
1: home. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
2: Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN on this Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully everybody out there is enjoying this gorgeous weather. I'm heading to the dog park after the show. I'm going to watch uh, the Miami heat Celtics game with a few friends at a local watering hole here in town. Um, listen up baseball fans. ESPN New York is giving you the chance to score an amazing road trip and travel with a home team the New York. Uh, when, when New York visits Philadelphia, you and a guest could catch a game and enjoy round-trip train tickets, two-night hotel accommodations, and 200 bucks in spending money for the official rules to enter. Visit ESPN New York app and click on Travel with the Home Team. It's all brought to you by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. And the Yankees about to uh, first pitch, uh, taking off Severino, his second start. A 193. ERA had a good first start to the season. This will be his second, going up against Waka who's 5-1 with a 3-5-8 ERA. He's won three straight. As we know, the Yankees, unfortunately, they've lost three straight, uh, two of three to the O's, and, of course, last night to the Padres, 5-1. Tatis Jr. hitting home runs and flipping bats. I know that did not sit well with a number of people. So uh, the Yankees' first pitch about to happen in about two to three minutes. We'll keep you posted throughout the show on that game. Also later on tonight, the Mets in action against Colorado. Uh, they beat Colorado yesterday, five, two Lindor with a home run four RBIs. Um, Nimmo as well uh, had two triples, had three RBIs and Scherzer tossed eight strikeouts. So today you've got Verlander later on tonight. You got Verlander going. He's two and two with a three, six O ERA going up against chase Anderson. Who's got a one, one, five ERA. So two, um good games um coming your way today for both the Yankees as well as the Mets so keep an eye on that eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six uh I know you guys just played the first question that I posed to Nick Fidell as we said earlier we got a little bit of a giggle not and, and not like right on the the onset right not like not on the onset when he first answered we got a little bit of a Nick Fidell giggle
5: yeah, not, a, what,
2: he, not what I was expecting, but we got a little bit.
3: I think we uh, backstage, me and Joe gave the over under on about three laughs. So um, I'm not sure if we hit the over under there, but well,
2: I'm glad we got one at least. Yeah, I, I mean, it just it, it's it's a thing. It's a thing with Nick. And Do then we count it, it makes, though? Does that really fully count as an as a Nick Fidel laugh? It wasn't his strong. It wasn't his strongest giggle. It wasn't his strongest giggle, but it, but it, but you, you guys just played it. We got a we got a little bit of a giggle. We didn't get like a you know, a Santa Claus chuckle, but we got we got a little bit of a giggle.
3: Something must have happened. I guess I'm guessing he's throwing a shoot on that made him very serious.
2: It sounded like he was walking as well. So maybe he was like concentrating on where he was walking, you know, the Miami Heat, the AAA arena is is in downtown. Um It's not the safest place. So what you're saying is
3: that people can walk and chew gum at the same time, but they can't walk and laugh at the same time.
2: While you're doing a hit on a radio show, I I think there's, I think there's a lot going on there for him. No.
3: I don't know. I think we gotta test it out again.
2: Well, we'll get him on. Well, I'll get him on next week. I've been, I've been hitting up every week, you know, in in the NBA postseason. So we'll get I mean we'll we'll have him on throughout the uh, the, the the championship. He always says yes. He's so great. Maybe it's so, a joke. He, you got jokes, and he's right? He's so and he's so nice. He just he just exudes niceness. Right? Like he's just nice. Just, right? You guys feel that? Good guy. He's a nice good man. Guy. Yeah, good good guy to have on. He's a nice man. Yes, he's very nice. And I love the chuckle. All right. Uh, so let, let's get to some comments that were made this week in around the NBA. Let's start first and foremost with LeBron James and the Lakers. They get swept by the Denver Nuggets. LeBron James takes the stage to speak to the media post game, and he says this
3: We'll see. We'll see what happens going
1: forward. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And um, just for me personally,
3: going going forward with the game of basketball, got a lot to think about.
2: LeBron James. Come on, man. Seriously? I, and, and, and here's the thing, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, Anita hates LeBron. I, I don't hate's a strong word. I, I don't hate many things. Okay, very few. I don't hate LeBron James, but it's these it's this example of what irritates me about LeBron James. Right. So dude gets swept. His team gets swept by Denver. He knows that's going to be the narrative. The talk is all going to be about Jokic, how Jokic did not get the MVP was more deserving even though Jokic came out and said no 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 Embiid does deserve the MVP it's you know like Jokic can give a flying rat's butt about awards he just he just does it. humility times 100 okay and um but that let's be honest and 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 I brought it up if you recall, guys, last week, you know, I threw it out there as a show topic. I was curious: were we going to get some calls? Is the fact that LeBron at this stage in the game against this Lakers team getting swept by Denver does this hurt his legacy? We got some calls. Majority of people felt no that the Lakers went further than expectation. I agree with that. So, but, but a few number one, he's due a hundred million dollars. All right, fifty million dollars next year, by the 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 Lakers. Number one. Okay. Number two, he's not. (laughs) Number two, we know he's he. One of his aspirations, one of his goals, is that he wants to be on the same court as his son Bronny, who's going who's going to USC. Which, by the way, that that's. I want to shelf that topic for a minute. Like, I don't know about you. Like, I just I think we're getting inundated. Like like Bronny graduation. Bronny going to USC. but Like, what? okay. Like, what do I care? I feel like that's getting thrown in our face. I don't quite understand that narrative in regard to what's going on. I don't know if ESPN, with all due respect, I work for them. I don't know if they're just, you know, placating because when LeBron James does retire, they want him as part of their broadcast team. I don't get it. I don't get the love fest with Bronny, but let's shelf that for a second. But LeBron James comes out and throws this I don't know what's going to happen next year. I don't know. We got to see what's, I got, I, there, there's, there's, I've got to make some decisions. Seriously? So th- no way, In <laughs> no way is LeBron James retiring for, again, money, and he wants to play with his son. So uh, just, uh, uh, just BS in regard to throwing that out there. And why? Because let's be honest. And, and, and I don't know about you guys, I was laying in bed, I was watching the post-game presser. He said that, and I knew right away. I I picked up my phone, and and I, I'm curious, the folks out there, 800-919-3776, I'd love to hear from you. Harvey, Joe, if you were watching the press conference live, and he it was late, I understand that, and he said that, I immediately rolled my eyes and I said, oh man, here we go, here we go. I went to my cell phone, got on the second screen, got on Twitter. Now, you know, now all of a sudden, slowly but surely, it's coming out. LeBron's, you know, throwing out the the narrative, the idea of retirement. The next morning, on all the on the ESPN platform, on all the platforms, right? Fox, ESPN, all. That. Nobody's talking about the dominance of the Denver Nuggets and the fact that the Lakers got swept. What are we talking about? LeBron James might retire. Come on, man. So, so, such a PR plan. And you might say, you know what, Anita? Good for him. Good for him. It was, you know, he, he wanted, he got that narrative out there because he didn't want them talking about how they got swept by the Denver Nuggets. So he knew that if he threw out the narrative out there that he was going to, that he was contemplating retirement, that that would trump the Denver Nuggets sweep. Just ridiculous. This, this is what I'm just like, Bleh! I just it makes me want to vomit. Uh, Charles Barkley had some interesting things to say about it as well. Uh, what was this from, guys? Because I know he was on a few different platforms. Dan Patrick Show. Thank you so much, Harvey. Let's listen in.
3: First of all, LeBron's not going to retire. No. I, I was disappointed he bought that up in the Nuggets highlight of their organization you know they'd never been to the finals that just swept the big bad lakers nobody's giving them any respect but we're all about lebron instead of what the denver nuggets has accomplished i mean you think about it. they got a dude on their team who's arguably could have won three MVPs in a row had just swept the big bad lakers and we they spend the first two blocks talking about if lebron gonna retire yeah you know, i think he did it intentionally he there's no way he's
2: retiring There you go, exactly what I just said, and exactly what I was thinking when it was happening, like in real time. In real time, just ridiculous. Uh, quick break. We come back. We'll continue with your calls. I know a few people want to chime in on this. Harvey, Joe, curious if you've got an opinion on this. Again, I can, I can already, I can feel and hear people out there, LeBron James fans, going, "So what, Anita? Good for him. It's, I would have done the same thing." You, you you may have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Maybe you would, maybe you feel it was a good ploy for him. Um, also, we're going to play for you. Scottie Pippen with some choice comments
4: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at lq.com. You're listening to Anita Marks.
1: You're listening to Anita 7 Marks ESPN. on 98.7 ESPN. Eight hundred nine 919
2: 3776. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, welcome in.
5: Hey, good, good afternoon, Anita. I had to call in because I was always listening to. The LeBron Le, Le, LeBron rant. I just was laughing because I've been listening to you for a long time, and we all know that you're you're, that you're kind of a Le, LeBron resident hater, and it's hilarious because. I feel like you're saying all this because the narrative is not what you wanted it to be. You want it to be about the Lakers getting swept and somehow it's not affecting how it affects LeBron's legacy. And since it's not about that and it's about him hijacking the narrative and talking about possibly retiring, that's what's kind of really upsetting you. I get it. I understand. But we could calm down with the hatred and you don't have to bring up his son into this. The son son has nothing to do with the, with the attention that he's getting. He's getting it because, because of the fact that he, he's a highly ranked prospect. He's a highly ranked prospect that's going to a big time campus.
2: (laughs) Okay. So, so, so if that's my motivation, Jose, what's Charles Barkley's motivation? If Charles Charles Barkley agrees with me, what's, what's, does Charles Barkley hate LeBron James? I'm curious. What, Uh, what what is, what is his motivation in in pointing this out?
5: Oh, there is a definitely a nationwide narrative, especially from people who grew up around that time of Jordan who like to pretty much ignore the, the older greats like Will and Kareem and all of those guys. And, Pretty much, you know, crap on LeBron's legacy every single time just to hype up Jordan. And that's where, and, Ch- and Chuckle has always pretty much fallen into that. There is this, and it always falls into the narrative of the same narrative of somehow Kobe Bryant is ranked higher than LeBron because of the ring count and the killer instinct, you know, argument and all of that stuff. It, it, you guys all fall into that same party.
2: Interesting. Okay, Jose, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Um, Anytime. I have a great one. Yeah, yeah, you too. <laughs> Again, I don't hate LeBron. It's just it's it's instances like this that I just feel that he could do better. At the end of the day, I think he can do better. Let's go to Richard in Manhattan. Richard, you're up. Hi,
4: Anita. Hi. Hi, Anita. Uh, Anita, listen how great sports is. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday night, Miami wins the fourth game. We have no basketball from Wednesday night through to following Thursday afternoon. Thursday night is the first game. We go nine days without basketball. We go the whole Memorial Day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, without basketball. Now, I understand uh, ESPN can't do anything about this. This is the way it has to be pre-planned. To me, I don't know. You still have to take into account emergency uh, narratives, and especially two sweeps. Highly unlikely, but you still have to take in account. Now... Also, combine that with the fact that it would have been Miami versus Denver, the two worst market teams that you can get. Obviously, two years ago, Phoenix and Milwaukee was bad. This would have been worse. So, this would have been nine days, no basketball, no games during Memorial Day weekend, and the two worst markets you can have Denver and Miami. Look what happens. Miami loses, they lose again. We have a game tonight which will be viewed by everyone because they want to see another game on Monday night. And if we have a game on Monday night, I think it'll break every NBA record except maybe Bird Magic in the 80s. So we'll go back that far if we have a game on Monday night, Miami and Boston. And this will also, no matter what happens Monday night, if we have a game Monday night, will lead into the playoffs on Thursday night. People will be watching. Even if Miami wins, we'll still have the bad matchup miami according to the, uh, uh, you know, uh, networks and uh, NBA and all of that, because it's met, met, met Miami and Denver, but it will have a great lead-in because we had a Game 7 at Boston, a city that's used to having Game 7s after losing the first three games. So it's it, 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 a beautiful, beautiful setup. This can only happen in sports, though. That's my point. This is such reality. You couldn't even imagine this, and just think five days before Tuesday, night we were going in hoping that Miami can just sweep Boston and just get Boston out of uh, here but it would have been the worst thing for both you guys meaning ESPN and the NBA and the sponsors listen
2: uh, Richard and I appreciate the phone call and and yeah I I hear you you know I I I I was I was concerned heading into today's show you know what were we going to lead with now uh, again, as I opened up the show, you know, there's there's peaks and valleys when it comes to sports talk radio, and the fact that now Boston is one-two, and, and we've got a big game tonight. It's game six, and makes Nick Fidal relevant to come on and, and, and talk about it. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's this is, um, this is definitely a gift. Uh, there's 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 no denying that for sure. And to your point, if there is a game seven. Boy, uh, you're right, Richard. The, the ratings are going to be through the roof because talk about, as I opened up the show, talk about history uh, really happening right before our very eyes, right? It will be unbelievable. Let's go to Mark in Brooklyn. Mark, you're up. Hello? Hi, good afternoon.
3: Hi, that was fast. I have to defend you on this LeBron case that this... Previous caller tried to attack you on, you're 1000% right. Because at a time when we should have been talking about the Nuggets sweeping the Lakers, the whole thing was hijacked by LeBron. This is not hating LeBron. This is not, you know, the Bronies, as I call them, like to dictate the oh, everybody hates LeBron. Nobody hates LeBron. Nobody. It's just that time after time, he he either rubs people the wrong way, certain people, or says something that's just, uh and his son, his name another prospect coming out of high school that gets that much attention. <laughs> you're a thousand percent right. You're not criticizing LeBron, you're not hitting on LeBron. Charles Barkley actually actually said LeBron is the greatest player to ever play once he passed Kareem. it's, it's just it's just bad timing and bad out and it was intentional.
2: Yeah, bad, and Mark, thanks for the phone call, appreciate it. Bad timing, bad optics, and you're right, it was intentional. It was intentional. I'm going to play for you, we, we our producers Harvey and Joe pulled this as well. This is another thing that was said this week. The NBA, boy, um, catching a lot of headlines this week. This is another thing that was said this week. Scottie Pippen talking about Michael Jordan. Let's listen in.
5: LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball, and there's no comparison to him. So, does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating, because I don't believe that there's a great player, because our game is a team game, and one player can't do it. Like, i seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots, and... All of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was.
2: <laughs> Whoa! Michael Jordan, a horrible player. Now, of course, you know, we, we know Scotty's hot, upset about the documentary, things that were said, the way that he was highlighted the way that he was perceived the way that he was I'm trying to think what the word I'm looking for um in the documentary but um (laughs) I just what I I don't like here's the one thing that Scotty did say that I do agree with and and uh, you know and we and I've said this before I know I'm repeating myself but maybe there's people out there that are listening for the first time I just I I can't stand the greatest of all time discussion narrative when we're talking about team sports. I, I just I can't. I I, I don't. You you want to talk golf? You want to talk tennis? Individual sports, okay, all day long. But when when you're talking about a team sport where so many other things factor into. A team winning a championship, whether it's NFL, NBA, whatever the case may be, you know, even even I, I will, you know, when it, when it comes to baseball, I think that's I think that's an outlier. Right. Because um, because even though it's a team sport, you still have uh, pitchers. There's there's still an, an individual the way that the game is played, obviously, that um, there's I I think statistically you could put a value on individual performance within a team sport um, when it comes to baseball, separate, I, I think, from the NBA as well as, uh, as, well as uh, the, the NFL. Uh, because a lot of times we'll look at pitchers and, you know, because of their strikeout numbers or their ERA, not necessarily their win total or whether or not how many World Series they won, uh, we we will still put more value on them. I just don't think we do that in the NBA or or the NFL as much as we do in in Major League Baseball. Uh, let's go to Mark in Sayleset. Mark, welcome in. Good afternoon.
3: Hi, Anita. How are you? Great. So I was I was just listening to the conversation regarding LeBron, Michael Jordan, and Kobe. And I've had the benefit of watching Michael since college. Uh, Kobe since he entered the NBA and LeBron for his entire career and I'm not getting into who's better or who's worse but when, you, when I look at those three players what I see in Kobe and Michael is a ferocity, a ferociousness to win every time they're on the floor and mm-hmm. I think LeBron, I, I don't see that same ferocity in him that sets Michael and Kobe apart which is why I think they have more championships I, do, I just see talent wise, obviously LeBron is among the top three but in terms of that desire to win, I don't think he has the same level of desire to win that Kobe had or that Michael had.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I I'm I'm with you also, Mark. I think and thanks for the phone call because I think you and I are around the same age, and and again I think the disconnect here with with the generation that that wholeheartedly believes that LeBron is better uh, than Kobe or better than than Michael Jordan is because they didn't experience that feeling, that in-game while you were watching Kobe at at, at his peak or where you were literally sitting there. It, it, highlight reels don't do justice. Or watching a, a, a game unfold with Michael, th- that feeling that we got. I- I'm with you. We just don't get that with LeBron. You just don't. Um, but, you know, the, the LeBron generation didn't experience that either. So... It, it's it's it, it's hard i think and and i think that and i believe that's where the disconnect is uh, when we come back we're going to switch gears greg wasshinsky is going to join us getting you ready for some playoff hockey you've got las vegas going up against the stars tonight the puck drops at eight o'clock eastern we'll be right back 90.7 espn
1: this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
2: We want to make sure you enjoy Memorial Day. Brought to you by Kia. Make your summer special. Visit Kia.com. Kia movement that inspires. You know who else inspires? That's Greg Wyshynski, the puck daddy, baby. Why (laughs) he picked the Dallas Stars um, to make it to the Stanley Cup. And they have lived to see another day. Thank you, Jason Robertson. Um, with that being said, welcome in, Greg. Great to have you here, especially on a holiday weekend. Thank you so much. Let's look back before we look forward. What did the Stars do differently to extend this series
1: 3-1? They relied on their Stars to come through. Um, you know, with Jamie their captain, suspended for two games, that uh, cross-check to the face of Mark Stone in game three. They needed other people to step up, and, and that top line of Rupe Hintz Joe Pavelski and Jason Robertson stepped up big time. I mean, Robertson—it was amazing that at one point the Stars had like 30 shots on goal. I looked up and Robertson had 10 of them. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty emphatic in performance from that, from that kid. Um, so they played well, and they got a really decent goaltending performance from from uh, Jake Ottinger, their goalie. We've talked about that before in daily wager—the fact that Ottinger, for the most of the last two rounds, has played below expected. Uh, in that game last uh, in that game four, he played uh, above expected. He was strong and net and uh, and I really like the way that Dallas responded after getting down one nothing early.
2: So uh, do you feel that they pick up where they left off? Do you feel that they have found the secret sauce? what what are you <laughs> looking at heading into the game tonight?
1: I don't think it's secret sauce as much as it's been just a real tight series. I mean, game three was an abject disaster for Dallas. I mean, it spiraled. Their, their captain was kicked out of the game two minutes into it. They had to kill off a five-minute power play, you know, and then it, it just kind of spiraled from there. So you throw that one out and just say those things kind of happen. But otherwise, it's three overtime games, you know. And so I think the Stars, and, and having covered these last two games in Dallas, I think the Stars kind of feel like outside of the one blowout, uh, everything has been really, really close. Uh, so they're still playing with confidence. They, they, they know what the numbers are, or if they claim they don't, they, of course they know what the numbers are as far as teams getting a 3-0 lead uh, in, a, in a conference final or in the, in the round before the Stanley Cup final series. They're 46-0 uh, in winning those series. So it's a pretty tough hill to climb for Dallas. But the way the series has gone and, uh, and the momentum they've picked up a little bit after Game 4, I, I think they're feeling pretty good coming into Game 5.
2: You know, really interesting, we've been spending a lot of time talking about the, ba- the, the basketball game tonight, right, where you had the Miami Heat up 3-0 in the series. As we know, Boston has just won twice. What's the history in the NHL in regard to a, a team coming back from being down 0-3 in a series?
1: Well, I just mentioned in the conference final or in the final, in the round right before the Stanley Cup final, because in, in the past they used to call it the semifinal. It gets confusing, but let it be known it's the, the series before the cup, right? Uh, teams that have a 3 0 series lead uh, are 46 and 0. Overall, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, it's, uh, teams are 204. Uh, that's 200 uh, 4 in series in, in which uh, a team is taking a 3 0 lead as far as going on to win that series. Now, that being said, Joe Pavelski, uh, who was on the Dallas Stars and, and scored the overtime goal in Game Three or Game 4, rather, uh, he was a part of one of the more recent examples of a team rallying from 3-0, and that was when the Los Angeles Kings were down 3-0 against the San Jose Sharks. And Pavelski Sharks watched the Kings win four straight games and then win the Stanley Cup uh, a few rounds after that. So it, it could definitely happen. We have a guy in a series that knows intimately that a 3-0 lead in the playoffs does not always mean, usually means, but not always mean the team's going to advance.
2: Again, Greg Wyshynski, the Puck Daddy, droning us here on this Memorial Day Saturday afternoon here on 98.70 SPN, previewing the game tonight. The puck drops around 8 o'clock Eastern time. Dallas in Las Vegas. Uh, so Las Vegas at home on the money line, minus 145, Dallas plus 125. Are are you playing this? The over under on on goals are five and a half. Is is there a play here tonight that you that you really love, Greg?
1: I, well, I like the under. I mean, I, I I thought last game was one that could hit the over just because Dallas was missing a few guys in their lineup and, and there was going to be a lot of energy and I thought it might get a little loosey goosey, but it ended up not hitting the over despite going to overtime. So I'll take the under here again. Um, kind of in Dallas a little bit. I got to be honest with you. I think this is one of those situations where. Desperation has set in, and, and one of the weird rallying cries of the postseason, uh, and it's a real thing. I asked Joe Pavelski about it, is they want to extend the series long enough for their captain, Jamie Ben, to come back. Now, Ben, again, smacked the guy in the head with a stick, <laughs> earned a two game suspension. You'd figure these guys would be a little teed off about him, you know, costing them uh, one of their best players through a, a really overly aggressive play. But in talking to the stars and talking to Pavelski, a they don't blame him. they've got enough love for jamie bennett b they're using his absence as kind of a rallying cry let's let's win two for jamie and then he can rejoin us in game six it's wild but it's a thing for them
2: again the stars on the money line plus 125 any play here in regard to the over under at five and a half
1: yeah i would take the under uh again like I, i i feel like you know if ottinger is starting to get a little bit on a roll he's usually given up about two goals a game though in most of these games but you never know and you know Aiden Hill the goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights has played I, he might he sneakily may have had his best game of the series uh in game four um the, the team in front of him was just okay and I thought he really played well so the goalie's both playing okay and and I think a tightly played game uh in Vegas could be could be uh in the card so I'd probably fade fade to be, be under there
2: Greg before we let you go uh, let's talk about the uh, the Florida Panthers same situation in regard to and I know I'm 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 creating um the comparisons here with the NBA and and the Denver Nuggets and th- the narrative there is help or hurt the fact that the Denver Nuggets have 9 days off to wait and see what happens in the east between Boston and the Miami Heat same situation with the Florida Panthers do you feel that this time off waiting to see what happens here is going to help or hurt them Greg
1: I think it hurts them a little bit. I'm, I, I'm with you on the idea that if you're an under, if you're the underdog or if you're on a team that's just locked in and on a roll, you'd like to keep that role going. You don't want to be sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, you get to recuperate, which is always a good thing for a team that played a, a four-overtime game in the previous round against Carolina. Um, but you, you'd like to maybe keep that role going a little bit and, and get right back on the ice. Um, again, they're they're real good. I mean, no doubt that they're not simply just some Cinderella – you know, fluke or anything like that. They're built to win. They've got star players. They were a president's trophy winning team last season. Uh, and we misjudged how good they were going to be. But I'm with you in the idea that I'm sure they'd love to just hop back on the ice right now and keep this thing going rather than sitting on the sidelines, hoping that the Dallas stars finally call it quits because otherwise it could be a pretty significant layoff for that team.
2: So with that being said, um, what's what's the better matchup here for the Panthers? Panthers sitting back watching this series who do, who do you feel that they would rather face in the Stanley Cup? and why?
1: I you know personally, I think they would probably rather face Dallas, to be honest with you. Um, I think where Vegas has some advantage is in the depth of their defensemen. Um, I think that Dallas doesn't quite have the blue line that Vegas does. and, and what, what Florida really does well, I think, is, is play this chip and chase game, you know, really try to kind of recover Pucks uh, you know, from the opposition. And, uh, and really kind of make hay in the in defensive zone. And I think that Dallas could be a little bit more susceptible to that than, than Vegas could be. Um, but either way, I mean, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be in some tough situations. Of the two, I'd probably say Dallas. But, you know, I think the Panthers probably feel like they've got a chance to beat either of those teams.
2: Great stuff, Greg. So appreciate your time this afternoon. Uh, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, my friend.
1: Anytime, Anita. Thanks for having me.
2: You got it. Greg Washinsky, the puck daddy, joining us. Uh, he likes the Stars tonight. Again, you could jump on them at plus 125. Uh, and he feels that this time off for the Panthers is no bueno. No bueno. When we come back, Om Youngman Suk. If you recall, he was here in New York covering the Giants for and the Jets. For several years, he's now out West covering the Lakers. I had an interesting conversations with, with him, conversation this week. I host Sport, Sports Talk Radio in L.A. as well. He joined me on, on that show about LeBron James. And um, so I, I thought, you know, i would be great to play a, a quick clip, uh, not just LeBron James, his thoughts on whether or not he thinks LeBron James is going to retire or not, but how this Lakers team p- can potentially look heading into next season are we buying stock in them stock up or stock down in regard to the Lakers heading into next season? So I'll play that clip for you. We'll open up the phone lines as well. 800-919-3776. Uh, and, uh, and we'll be kicking off hour number three soon. Uh, Joe Wiz is going to join us. I do want to talk some NFL as well. Get you up to speed on, on some of the uh, topics out there this week pertaining to the jets and the giants, considering another OTA took place. No, Saquon Barkley of course, uh, with the Giants. How much of a concern is that? Some people, somewhat concern. Others, not so much. We'll dive into all that in the third hour. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN.
1: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7
0: ESPN.
2: And this segment brought to you by Galloping Hill Golf Course. Beautiful weather. Great time to be golfing. I actually... So um, I played in a tournament yesterday. Huge shout out to Spook Rock, JL for organizing it. Had a ton of fun. Uh, Was out there. uh, Steve Torso, who owns um, uh, Hollowbrook Golf Course, uh, drafted me on his team. And so we had a great time. I want to say as a team, we finished 10 under. Um, Ron Harper actually uh, won the tournament. I want to say his team came in 17 or 18 under, something like that. So, uh, Ron's just awesome. He's out there playing at spook rock all the time. So that's great. Um, didn't have an opportunity to talk NBA with him last night, yesterday, but nonetheless, uh, it was just absolutely beautiful and had a great time, uh, teeing it up. So, um, I'm going to be, <laughs> so I, I love, I, I love competitive golf. It's so fun. I, I get so dialed in. It's so, you know, I, I tell people like I play better when I'm like, when I'm wagering on a game, I, I just do. I just play better. Not that I don't have to wager on a game to enjoy golf. That's not what I'm saying. I just typically play better. So you're saying uh,
3: money motivates
0: you?
2: Yeah, I, I think like most people, money money motivates a lot of people. So, um, but uh, I so I just because the wet, because the weather now is 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 becoming what I need it to be to play. So I, I have a, I have like a, a blood issue where if my body, I think it's called rhymers, Rimmers, I don't even know what it's called, where if my blood temperature drops below six, like if, if it's, if it's like 60 out and windy, I lose uh, circulation in my fingers and my toes. So like, I can't play golf until the weather is like what it is right now, unfortunately, which really stinks uh, because I, I have not been able to get out there and play. I, I mean, I'm someone, I, I want to get out there in April. But unfortunately, weather conditions just um, you know don't do me any justice. So I need to get out. I'm going to get out there to Galloping Hill Skyway. Skyway's hosting my golf tournament this year, uh, June 26. Really excited about that. Rolling Hills, uh, Rivervale Country Club. So excited to get out there. So hopefully, again, if, if you haven't checked out Galloping Hill Golf Course, you really need to. Uh, it's just, it's, it's really, really fantastic track. And what I love about it is their state of the art. Uh, center out there they've got like 52 52 or 54 stalls Um, very few places in our tri-state area that you can go and and actually just spend a day out there practicing Um, driving range sand, uh, chipping putting they've got it all it's really fantastic in Kenilworth New Jersey so make sure you go out there and check them out for sure Um, also want to get you up to speed on that Yankees game uh, they were all tied up with the Padres 1 1. Tatis Jr., another home run. Uh, was it, what was it? Was it over 429 feet this time as well? I, I mean, did he like, are you guys watching? Are you watching in the studio?
3: We're watching, all right. He launched it again.
2: Yeah, he launched it. That's got to be such a good feeling. I, like for me, like when I drive the ball, like I'll, I'll I typically, I drive the ball averaging anywhere between 220, 230, but like when I drive the ball like 250, or 260, I'm like, yeah. Like, it's such a good feel. I can't even, I, I would imagine that it's kind of the same. Like, when you launch, can you imagine hitting a baseball f- over 400, like 430, 440 feet?
3: Do you flex? Do you pull, like, do you show off the guns? Oh, yeah. Gun show, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I flex. Sometimes they make me pee in a cup. Not always. Not always, oh, huh? You, you- got. <laughs> You guys got silent quick. Well, look, um.
3: these allegations, huh?
2: <laughs> but anyway, the Padres and the Yankees are all tied up at one. Uh, Severino has gone four innings, uh, is given up a home run, has five strikeouts. And uh, Waka has gone three innings, has given up three hits, and has three strikeouts. So all tied up. 800-919-3776, the phone number. Uh, this is what we're going to do. Like I said, Om Young Suk was kind enough to join me on my L.A. show talking about LeBron James and the future of the Lakers. I thought it'd be great we play a little clip just to get you up to speed. He's got his finger on the pulse of the Lakers better than anyone. So let's listen in. About LeBron, I, I think he threw us all a curveball with that post-game press conference, uh, throwing out the notion that he would consider possibly walking away from the NBA. I personally own and not buying it. Um, I think it was a ploy so that our, our, the next morning, our co- topic of conversation was LeBron James possibly retiring as opposed to them ge- getting you know, uh, swept by <laughs> the Denver Nuggets, that's just my two cents. What What say you, my friend?
0: I think it's a combination of a couple of things. One, when you see an all-time great lose a series that uh, is an emotional one, it can, it, a lot of emotions are flying at the end of a game like that. I've seen that happen. Number two, to be swept. It was his first time being swept before the NBA Finals. I'm sure there was a lot of frustration with that, especially with the way he poured everything onto the floor. And then I also think when I watched LeBron play against teams like the Clippers or whatever. And he's he's playing well, but he also sees the other is just making incredible shot after incredible shot after incredible shot and coming at him in waves. I think he's also like, where's my help? And so I think a lot of those things were probably flying through his head. And I think by him kind of, you know, I, I'm not saying he made this up. I, I just think he probably was speaking in the frustration of the moment, but also he's smart enough to know that like by him saying something like that, it puts a little more pressure on the Lakers to – have to try to do something to get him more help. I don't think I would be just shocked and stunned if he would retire <laughs> just because he been talking about playing with Bronny, the way he's still playing. Um, even when he told David Veneman, I think he's still better. You know, I think he said that he still thinks he's better than 90 to 95%. I think that number should be higher. It's probably 97 or 98. They still better than 97, 98% of people in the league. He knows that. He still has plenty left to give. I just think this is, was LeBron's frustration coming out and also him maybe, you know, um, changing the narrative a little bit and applying a little pressure to the Lakers to get him more help.
2: <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned Bronny. I mean, obviously that's that's another another big motivating factor, again, that we know that he's uh, been, you know, wanting to play with his son, yeah. sharing the same court with his son. Uh, you know, you go on ESPN.com and you go to the NBA page, um. It, it's it's front and center in regard to uh, uh, you know Bronny going to USC. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like there's this a little bit too much hype for Bronny going to USC? I I, I personally think it's a little a little overdone. Let, let's let let's see what he can do. Let's let's see him start the season. Let's let's see like. I just think it's it's a lot of brawny right now. And, and I would imagine it was putting a lot of pressure on him.
0: I mean, that, that comes with the territory of being LeBron James' son. And also, like, look at, you know, at, at Sierra Canyon, there was a lot of hype. You know what I mean? There were stars going to watch him play high school basketball. So – by him being at USC and that team getting a lot of talent, um, I mean, I think it's only natural him staying at home, close to home, and everything. The hype is only going to get greater. I'm excited about it. So I, I like it. I like that there's hype at, at USC. And I think that I, I'm excited to see him next year and see what he can do.
2: It will be interesting. That's for sure. Um, again, Ohm Youngman Suk joining us here. Let's look big picture now. There's, <laughs> I feel like Every, every minute I go online, there's a new rumor um, that's that's being spewed. Before we start diving into all of those, let's talk about the base, right? Like, we know, again, we're both on the same page. We believe LeBron is going to return. AD, obviously. Reeves was just so fantastic, a- along with Hachimura. I want to believe that Rob is, is going to do everything he can to bring those two cats back. Agreed?
0: Yeah, I think Rob's talked about that, how he's got to be careful about how he builds and he wants to continue to build around the supporting cast that is around LeBron James and the depth. And I think with Austin Reeves, the way he played this season and this postseason, he was a revelation for this team. I just don't see any way you can part with Austin Reeves unless you were getting an absolute stud superstar in his prime on the way back or something like that, you know, uh, it would take Austin Reeves and many other parts. Um, So I I think probably Rob is looking at trying to keep those, um, these really good pieces, these young pieces he's found around LeBron and AD and try to add on to that somehow, some way. And listen, with Austin Reeves, you know, you want to kind of develop young talent like that, because LeBron, you know, we, we're already talking about LeBron's future here. The fact of the matter is someday, eventually, he is going to have to retire or move on or go somewhere else. And we don't know when that's going to be, but you can't leave the cupboard bare for when that moment happens. You have to have as many assets as possible. You have to have as many good young players as possible. You have to be prepared for that moment. And I'm sure Rob uh, is always, always has that on his mind.
2: Oh, you rock. Always great having you on, my friend. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Thanks, Anita.
2: Again, Om Youngman uh joining me on, on, on the L.A. station. Uh, he covers the Lakers as well as the Clippers. Before we take a break and kick off hour number three, let's go to Lamont in New Jersey because he wants to talk about the NBA. Lamont, uh, sorry, got to make it quick, but I, I wanted to get you on before we took oh. a break. How are you doing?
5: No, hey, Benita, what's happening? Hey, listen, I'm 50, so I have seen all three play LeBron, Jordan, Kobe. Kobe's not even in a discussion. If we talking about doing that era, I'm taking Duncan before I take Kobe. All is the will to win. I, just because you don't look mean on the court doesn't mean that LeBron doesn't have the will to win. The man has been to 10 finals in 20 years. The man is... He's a better teammate, a better passer, and a better rebounder. And he's an all-time winning scorer in the NBA. So I don't even know what the argument is against Jordan. And I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm a little biased against Jordan. But I can be fair. LeBron is the best player I have ever seen play.
2: Okay. Uh, and, and Lamont, pre- appreciate the phone call. And I, th- this, will be, this will be a conversation piece. This will be a debate. Uh, for as long as I live, and, and I, I think as long as a number of us live, and, until there's another superstar that pops up, and, and we'll add to the conversation. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We come back, we'll kick off our number three. Joe Wiz will join us. Does he have some picks and some plays heading into tonight's both, the NBA and the NHL games, and uh, this postseason? Hopefully. Or I don't know why else we would have him on. I've got some plays and some picks for you as well. We'll have those next right here on 98.7 ESPN. When I drive the ball like 250 or 260, I'm like,